Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Much of the political and media establishments in this country are shameless. They are deeply incestuous. They are in large part the same social set. There's a revolving door between them. People who work in the media often end up working for politicians. Those in the political world end up in the other direction, taking up media positions. And they have these overlapping prejudices and worldviews when it comes to key issues. They frequently treat politics as a soap opera. They all see themselves as main characters in it. They dislike scrutiny they conflate legitimate heated critiques with genuine threats to personal security and they often see mass movements as a dangerous mob which brings me to why all of a sudden the story is about how we need to restrict protest and protect the political establishment from the mob now there's a long tradition of elites using calamities which they helped create and turning them into opportunities for themselves the financial crash that's such a major case in point Total catastrophe caused by the private sector, by the greed of the the banks, letting the market run riot. That's what caused it. But then the Tories came along and rebranded it. It's a crisis, actually, of the public sector. It's overspending by the government that caused the mess. And it's all an opportunity to roll back the state, not to sort out market anarchy. Extraordinary. Now, this time round, politicians being complicit in Britain's role in directly facilitating Israeli war crimes has become a big old moral panic about protest, the protest against that. It's not the politicians with big questions to answer about, for example, the mass slaughter of tens of thousands of people. It's the people protesting against them. Now, this was particularly sparked by Labour, according to the party's own sources, blackmailing the Speaker to overturn parliamentary protocol to trash the SNPC's far motion specifically because it held Israel responsible for collective punishment. And then a story was concocted by a range of different politicians, media figures, um, and indeed the speaker who said this was all because he was scared of a terrorist attack in which MPs would be murdered. No, it doesn't make any sense. This then triggered a renewed moral panic about dangerous extreme protests. Now, as I've already covered, this obviously sparked a big wave of Islamophobia because a large contingent of Muslim protesters among those who are taking to the streets against the onslaught against Gaza, that became the focus. But it's also been used to further demonise and spawn renewed calls for a crackdown on the already absurdly perceived right to protest, a right our ancestors fought for at huge cost and huge sacrifice. Now, don't let the facts get in the way. The arrest rate at these protests is extremely low, less than a large football match. Despite the punitive anti-protest laws that already exist in this country and political pressure on the police, who are already institutionally hostile to protesters anyway. Now, all of this, by the way, is an example of what is called cry-bullying. The definition of that is a person who engages in intimidation, harassment or other abusive behaviour while claiming to be a victim. Our political establishment is now claiming to be the victim. I'm not even, that's not an exaggeration. That's literally what's happened. We've gone from not, I don't know, 14,000 children or just 2 million, 2.2 2 million Gazans suffering the most hideous horror 
with the direct complicity of our political elite, they're not the victims. No, our rulers are the victims. Now, I should say that isn't to say MPE security isn't a genuine concern, nor that it doesn't need to be protected. Of course it does. That's actually important in a democracy too. And in the last eight years, within the last eight years, I should say, Labour's Joe Cox was horrifically murdered by a far-right terrorist. And also the Conservative David Amos was horrifically murdered by an Islamist fundamentalist terrorist. But what is clearly and self-evidently happening is that legitimate scrutiny and lobbying and organising to put collective pressure on MPs, all key features of a democracy, or a healthy functioning democracy, are being conflated with terrorism and violence. Note, for example, the horrific murder of Joe Cox. How often do you hear, hear about her murder being cited in debates about immigration? With MPs saying, we must change the tone of this because of how extremists can be radicalised, as we saw with the case of the murder of Joe Cox. You don't get that. Her murder is cited in regards to issues that aren't relevant to that, like Gaza. Now, the Speaker's claim just became accepted as a fact by media outlets and politicians. And so the story has moved from the mass slaughter of Palestinians to how do we protect our MPs from protests against the mass slaughter of Palestinians? Just listen to this from Sky News as an example. He clearly felt MP safety was so in question uh, that, that he felt strong enough to change the procedures of the House. Whether that was a mistake uh, for him to be influenced in that way or not, as Home Secretary, do you look at that and think we must boost MPs security immediately to stop this even being a discussion point? So we, we have been very conscious, long before the events of this week, we've been very conscious that there has been increased pressure on uh, on members of parliament. Note here the framing of that presenter, just completely accepting as a fact this whole narrative. Now, John Woodcock, a former Labour MP, who resigned attacking Jamie Corbyn's then leadership, then urged Britons to vote for Boris Johnson, then got a life period from the Tories, all right for some, isn't it? And then was made, and I quote, by the Conservatives, an independent advisor on political violence and disruption detached old independent John Woodcock. Now, he's been put in charge of a government-commissioned review into tackling political violence, as it's officially called. In response to the mass Gaza protests, he's argued for protest organisers to have to pay the cost of policing demonstrations, a completely absurd attempt to shut down the right to protest, which is a basic fundamental right. It is a responsibility of a democratic society to facilitate citizens' ability to organise and protest, not to make it financially prohibitive. I would note, by the way, that one of the political events that drove the rise of the Labour Party was legislation that was introduced at the beginning of the 20th century to make striking workers financially liable for the costs incurred of them going on strike. That was understood as an attempt to shut down the right to strike. And it's the same principle. It's an attack on democracy. Now, he wants special uh, police orders to be able to shut down public protest around democratic venues, including parliament council buildings and MPs' offices. Well, we can't have MPs here in protest, can we? No, we've got to make sure protests are as far away from politicians as possible. Banning protests outside parliament. You just hear it, like, in another country, like... <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A government doing that, you'd instantly think, well, that country's right on the way to tyranny. I mean, listen to this. Now, as it is, and I'll come on to it, the right to protest in Britain has already been trashed. It's already been massively curtailed. Now, it's very obvious that John Woodcock is deeply hostile to the political message of the protests against Israel's onslaught against Gaza. <laughs> he wouldn't dispute that for a second. Um, now, I would ask him, what are you interested in here? Is it actually about what you see as this menace? Or do you think it would be kind of nice if these people you really strongly disagree with would just shut up well how does that fit in with democracy exactly now next on our list the home affairs committee led by the labor mp diana johnson is suggesting protests must be forced to give more notice so basically shutting down protests which respond to sudden events again just trying to make protests as difficult as possible the claim here again it's a drain on policing resources once more, the right to protest in a democracy has to be facilitated by the government. It's not a privilege, it's a right. The reason there are costs involved is because so many people want to protest. And so many people want to protest because our government is complicit in one of the worst crimes of our time. How is history going to look back at this? Just take a moment, actually. Just Sorry, just stop. Stop for a minute. How is history going to look at this? How is history really going to... They're going to see a massive horrific atrocity being committed they're going to see the government of this country complicit selling arms diplomatic support we've got a place obviously on the security council uh, which is absurd but nonetheless it is what it is um, and they're going to go uh, they're going to look back and go so what oh they tried to shut down protests i mean come on it's go it's not going to look good is it? it it will look very obvious with historical hindsight it should look obvious now but because of the media we have, it isn't. Now, listen to this. The Home Secretary, James Cleverly, has said pro-Palestinian demonstrators should go home because they've made their point and they're putting a huge pressure on policing and they're not really saying anything new. Firstly, politicians just telling protesters to shut up. I mean, again, this is a democracy. But is he taking the piss? Maybe the message would change, James Cleverly, by name not by nature if which is by the way the message is stop slaughtering palestinians maybe that message would change if the reality would change if the mass slaughter of palestinians would stop the protest would stop i don't know if you considered that that if the british government didn't just arm and support israel as it committed one of the worst crimes of our age people would just stop protesting now let's listen to Labour's Harriet Harman. Because it is inflamed and there's a reality of the threat. 
But actually, this is about democracy, because democracy depends on MPs voting the way they see fit. And that's why the Speaker is so exercised about this. It's not just about personal safety, it's also about safeguarding our democracy. I want Harriet Holman, mother of... Oh, my good grief. Good... What? Is that... Is that that's how she thinks democracy works? She's been an MP since 1983. <laughs> Good to know uh, how our politicians see democracy. Elected accountable politicians making decisions without anyone out there having anything to do with it, except what every five years when there's an election. Is that what she thinks democracy is? That isn't how it works. The right to protest doesn't just exist, by the way. Is a let's give people the right to vent and get out of the system. It exists on the grounds that democracy includes giving people the right to organise and put pressure on accountable politicians. That has proved absolutely pivotal in social progress. Many of the rights and freedoms we have is because people fought for them and annoyed politicians, annoyed powerful people. Social progress involves pissing powerful people off, by definition. Do you think MPs liked being protested by gay rights activists and they're like, no, they hated it. They really hated it. I mean, they disgusted them for a start. Tough. Has she seen the polling? Incidentally, the latest YouGov poll has 66% of Britons backing an immediate ceasefire based on Israel ending its military action compared to 13% opposed. I'm sorry, is it possible somehow to get public opinion reflected on this issue in Parliament? Is that possible without uh, MPs going, no, no, this is violence and aggression? Then we have Rishi Sunak yesterday tweeting, I will do whatever it takes to defend our democracy and our values. I mean, if the abstract seems fine, what does he mean? He quote tweeted, we will ensure violence and intimidation has no place in our democratic protest uh, process based on a meeting between him and the Home Secretary and police chiefs to discuss how to better protect the people, processes and institutions in our democracy. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely what you're planning, isn't it? Not crack down, a further crack down on the right to protest. Look, I don't want to get my little tiny valiant out here. And I've talked, I mentioned this in the other video, but I've been repeatedly told I was in the street by far right extremists. I was beaten up by a far-right extremist in 2019. He was jailed for two years and nine months after a judge found him driven by homophobia and hatred of my political views. That did not become a big story about political violence at the time, I would note. Um, at all. In fact, when it, when it actually happened, um, some people, uh, some journalists complained that I was described as a journalist of the coverage. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, look, I get bombarded with often extremely graphic and lurid uh, threats of violence and death threats. Some of the people who follow me on social media have seen them. Not part of the conversation, though, is it? I don't count because I'm left-wing, I'm a protester, and I'm on the side of not slaughtering Palestinians. But more to the point, you know, in terms of people who are targeted, particularly women of colour um, who speak out on, for example, justice for the Palestinians, who are constantly subjected to violent threats and rape threats and threats of, you know, de death threats. Not part of the conversation. Now, the politics of all of this are not what I would describe as subtle. Let's listen to this from the Sky News presenter, Trevor Phillips. But the real point is that for the first time since the 17th century, when Charles I and then later Oliver Cromwell marched into the House of Commons and threatened MPs at sword point, it seems that our elected representatives are acting out of fear rather than out of conviction. It's easy for those of us whose families are not at risk to be heroic. But this is how a democracy dies. Most MPs will, I hope, resist the pressure to surrender their independence. We'll ask this morning what we need to do 
to help them protect our democracy. I'm going to lose my mind. Um, firstly, you don't even need to read a history book. Uh, there's lots of occasions when violent threats to MPs have been cited during parliamentary debates on contentious issues in the recent period. I did a quick Google. Uh, one example, pro-hunting MPs uh, had to take extra security measures on the advice of police after apparently being found on an animal rights hit list. Why didn't that cause a moral panic about MPs being violently pressured? And I speak as a passionate opponent of hunting, but were we opponents of hunting all collectively tarred by that? No. Um, I mean, the article said the police warning comes amid fears that animal rights activists are employing increasingly violent tactics, including nail bombs and attacks on scientists. So obviously there were people who were not messing around here. But also the arguments cited by Trevor Phillips have always been used against democracy. That is the threat of the mob, of mob rule intimidating the powerful. That's how democracy was always carried all by its opponents. I mean, he talks about the 17th century, the last time that happened. What? I mean, these arguments have been used constantly since. In the 19th century, during the great arguments against expanding the franchise, the right to vote, there was constant talk about the mortal threat posed by the aggressive and violent mob. I mean, they cited the French Revolution, which, as you'll probably know, involved a fair bit of guillotining. The fear of the mob has always been used to argue against democracy. And indeed, in the current context, you keep hearing politicians and media outlets talking about the mob. And they've already had huge clampdowns on the right to protest, as I say. That the police can shut down protests if they're deemed to be too noisy. Too noisy. Kind of the point. And give police discretion to stop any protests on totally arbitrary grounds. As well as sweeping grounds to arrest people and even the suspicion they might engage in some form of non-violent disruption. You can see what's happening here. Most of our media and political establishment have been morally disgraced. They lined up behind one of the gravest crimes of our age. And now they're trying to play a game of deflect, deflect, deflect. The real dangerous extremists are those who fought against mass murder. And indeed, they're trying to silence the very people who could hold them to account for backing this mass slaughter. They know the scale of the crime. They know the scale of the crime is only going to become more obvious. And they don't want to be held to account. So they're going to shut people up. And in the process, they are marching us towards a police state. Well, we either let them get away with it, or we don't. Please like and subscribe. Um, do keep us on the road at patreon.com. Share this video. Listen to the podcast. Oh, hello. I'll speak to you soon.